0: all right so we're wrapping up 40 days of prayer and it's been incredible um just the testimonies people sharing as soon as they get to work the first thing they do is open up their 40 days of prayer and read and pray and so when people pray there's gonna be some sort of movement and momentum so I have a question for you though does God hear everyone's prayer Maybe that's a trick question, because we're going to go into that question, does God hear everyone's prayer? So as a disclosure, I'm not talking about today a formula to get what you want from God or a prayer that works. I'm not, I'm really asking as we look at scripture, does God listen to everyone's prayers equally? Hmm. And so I'll say this, God's love for us is absolutely Unconditional. So if you were a thief, if you're a murderer, if you're a liar, God is heartbroken because of sin, but his love for us by nature is unconditional. So he calls us, he beckons us, he gives us his son. Romans 5.8 says, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love is unconditional, but God hearing prayers is black and white, absolutely conditional throughout all of Scripture. What condition? What is the condition of us being hurt by God's prayer? I want to look at 2 Kings 20 as one example, and we'll unpack that. So, 2 Kings 20, there's a king named Hezekiah, which we heard. And so, who is Hezekiah? Hezekiah was a son of Ahaz. Don't ever name your children or grandchildren Ahaz. Ahaz was a king. He was a wicked king. And he was one of the most wicked kings of southern Israel or Judah. And so the king, as we mentioned, was an idolater. He worshipped other gods. He closed the temple door so no one could worship the god, and he guided everyone towards these false gods. Hezekiah grew up, and he was very much different from his father. Thank God. The apple did fall far from the tree. In Kings chapter 18, verse 1 through 3, let me read this. Two chapters before today's. In the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, north tribe, Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, the southern tribe, nation, began to reign. He was 25 years old. By the way, did some of you freak out at that? There was a younger king too, by the way. And, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. And the reason why her mother, his mother's name was in there, she must have been instrumental in his life and he did what was right in the eyes of the lord hallelujah according to all that david his father had done gosh number one i wish if someone writes a biography about me gosh i want to live in a way that people could say jason Coe did what was right in the eyes of the lord and so should all of us we don't want to be just church people we want to be people who live right in the eyes of the lord verse 4. He removed the high places and broke the pillars and cut down the Asherah. And he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made, for until those days, listen to this, the people of Israel had made offering to it. Did you understand? This is so important. I'm going to explain that really quick. We'll pause there for a minute. Israel took a gift from God because they were rebelling against God, so God sent venomous stakes and bit them as a judgment and so they're dying and they're saying save us and moses pleads and god says make a bronze snake and lift it up so when they look at the bronze snake they will be saved jesus in john 3 refers to that and to him anyone who looks on me will be saved so what did the what did the israelites do they took this bronze stake and said this is special this is meaningful this is precious and they started worshiping it rather than worshiping the giver of it. Do you understand? This church building, as an example, is given by God. We don't worship it. We don't idolize it. We don't go, that's my wall, my stained glass, my steps, my piano. If it gets between us and the giver of these gifts, that we fight for that more than the giver, we are idolaters plain and simple so hezekiah took it he said these people are worshiping i don't know let's say this music stand because that music stand god showed a brilliant light an angel came and we said you can't touch that music stand and hezekiah went you will not let anything get between god good thing we don't do that in america we we don't have any idols Verse 5, he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. So, great king. Today's story, what happened to this king? So he was a godly man. He loved God. He wanted his people to know God. He said, this is nonsense. Anything that has nothing to do with God, we're going to destroy it. And in today's text, Fourteen years have passed. He is now 40 years old. Anybody in the 30s or 40s? (laughs) 40 is young. It's objectively young. The average age of death is 70 or 80 in America. 40 is halfway. And this is the word that came to Hezekiah. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. We are told he is sick and dying, and God sends Isaiah to go to Hezekiah and say this. Can you imagine getting this in your e- email box or an angel comes to you? Set your house in order. You shall die. You, just in case you didn't understand that part, you shall not recover. That's it. No, I hope you do well. I'll be with you, though. Hope it's not painful. Peace be with you. Nothing. It was just you will not recover he is 40 years old he has no children i'm not clear if he's married or not but he's done all this for god and this sickness comes and he's about to die can you imagine hearing that i know some of us have known or maybe experienced hearing that this might be the end for Hezekiah, God is saying it will be the end. No, no, we have no reason as to why God would permit this, but we do, not, we do know it's not because God was judging Hezekiah. It's just part of God's being God. And so often we don't know why death comes early. We can't explain it. And don't ever tell someone when tragedy happens, oh, there's a, there's a meaning behind this. Just don't say things like that. Just cry with them. And just recognize there are mysteries we will never grasp and know. Bad things happen to good people. So, verse 2 and 3 Hezekiah prays. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. So he's lying in bed. He hears this. He turns to the wall and prays, Lord, now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness. And with the whole heart, and have done what is good in your sight, and Hezekiah wept bitterly. I want to say this: Isn't it true? Your faith, your belief, your confidence in God is really comes out in the moments of true crisis. Seventy-five percent of Americans say they are die-hard Christians. That's according to the last Pew Research. Thirty-three percent attend church on Sundays once a month at least. I don't know if categorical is saying I'm a Christian makes me a Christian. I think real test is when the trials come and tragedies hit, do you respond with devotion and faith and prayer? How we respond to God, how we respond to unfair events in our lives, that's telling of the maturity and the quantity of your faith and belief in God. Your faith in God is always clearly displayed in these moments. Then an immediate answer from God, verse four, God responds. And before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, (laughs) he's walking out, the word of the Lord came to him. I love how God responds. He doesn't respond, this is a disclaimer, I wish God responds like this to every single one of us, yes? God, I'm in trouble, help me, boom that's the 21st century instant gratification amazon prime overnight delivery god that we want it happened here doesn't happen to everyone but i want to say something about hezekiah's prayer moved god's heart something about hezekiah's response may god give healing instantly something about his prayer god didn't hear everyone's prayer this way but he heard hezekiah's you want to find out why let's dig deeper why second kings chapter 20 verse 2 i'm going to read it again hezekiah turned his face to the wall prayed to the lord and look at what his prayer is now O lord please remember me i have walked before you faithfulness with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight just a few things that stand out number one Do you notice his response? Hezekiah's soul dependence. What would you do if you were the king and you heard, Your majesty, you are going to die. What would the king do? (laughs) Call in all the physicians who graduated from Harvard Medical School, Johns Hopkins Medical School. Call in every pastor you could find and lay hands on me. I am not going down without a fight. And we would say, Amen. What does Hezekiah do? He turns to the wall, and he says, I don't want to see anybody else. His utter dependence was purely and even still on God. Do you do that? When you get into trouble or if someone provokes you, do you turn to God as a four on soul dependence and say, God, you and you alone? Or do you vent on Facebook? Do you call your friends and gossip? Do you call your, your, your mom and, and dad and do you call your buddies or go drinking and say, hey, I just got to tell you something. Hezekiah's soul depends was on God as opposed to seeing doctors acting out in rage. In quiet moments, Hezekiah turns to God. Even with this news, Hezekiah's saying, God, you gave me this bad news, but you're the one who I need, period. Take us to our second observation. Hezekiah seeks out God Not just solely but unconditionally. Just raise your hand if you ever pray this prayer. Just be honest. God, if you would only blank, then I will blank. Just don't raise your hand, actually. Just just nod and smile. If you would only blank, give me a job, make make this my dog recover. Um help me to have that girlfriend, then I would go to Mexico or Africa, ends of the world, China to be a missionary. Do you notice Hezekiah unconditionally doesn't say, I I don't deserve this. He doesn't say, because I was good to you, why can't you give me a little? He accepted it. He didn't bargain. He didn't put up his resume. He just simply said, God, remember me, period. He was sad, but not resentful. He was grieving, but came to, listen to this, He came to acceptance. Can you say acceptance? You know, in the Lord's Prayer, we pray this every day and every week. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Really? Do you accept God's will, even if it's not what you desired? Really? Thy will be done, Hezekiah. He was sad. He was grieving. He accepted it. It was from the Lord. Third, Hezekiah had no regrets about living righteously before God. That was what he was saying. I have no regrets, Lord. I am fully yours. Remember my faithfulness. Remember my wholeheartedness. Remember how I walked with you. Church, if there's any prayer that I want for our church, it is not for your happiness. If it's anything for this church, God help every single man, woman, child Pray this prayer at the end of their life. Remember, I have walked in faithfulness. I have walked wholeheartedly, and I have have walked with you. Wholeheartedness. Undivided. It's not family first, and then God. It's not God, and then a little bit of family. It's all God's. And I live out that fullness of God in my family, in my life, in my work. But it is not a battle. God doesn't want to share your heart with your family. He wants all of it. And through that, you become the godly parent. Hezekiah had no regrets. And so I want to say it's not a guarantee God will answer prayers if you do all this. But what we're hearing is God will hear people who have this righteousness in them. So is this just an idea from 2 Kings or Pastor Jason Coe? Is this just an just a extreme radical theology? I want to share you five verses from Old and New Testament. Ready? Here we go. Psalm sixty 18. Let's read it together. We are on slide 55. Here we go. Let's read it together in Korean or English. Ready? Go. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. What that's saying, church, is if I look, the Hebrew word is looked and gazed at sin as like, yes, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, Gollum, my precious, you know. <laughs> if I gaze with, like that and I say, oh, by the way, God, uh, help me with my life, the Lord will not listen. Proverbs fifteen twenty nine. Here we go. Let's read it together. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. And some of you are going, thank God I'm not wicked. Bad news. Wicked in Old Testament is not bad people. It's anybody who makes any body thing more important than God. So if we don't even worship on Sundays and dedicate this day for the Lord fully, that is a, that is a borderline. Does God come first in everything? wicked is those who makes things more important and priority over god and for those who do that proverbs fifteen twenty nine says but he hears the prayers of the wicked the lord is far from them not geographically but he's basically saying i have nothing to do to hear this another one first peter 312 here we go let's read it together for the eyes of the lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Does he hear evildoers' prayers equally? No. Not even close. 1 John 3, 22, two more verses. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Conditional. Obedient people, people who hold to God's word, the pews, we just got new Bibles, people who cling to that, God hears their prayers. It is conditional. Last one, James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins together to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Love is unconditional from God. Thanks be to God God answering and hearing our prayers is absolutely conditional He only hears in summary of all this He only hears prayers of the righteous so If you're uncomfortable good You should be asking this question What does it mean and how do I know that I am a righteous person good question? Pray 10 times a day. Do good deeds every day. Make sure you memorize a verse and stop cursing, and you will be righteous. Amen. Let's pray. (laughs) If I said that, how did that make you feel, better or worse? It's easy, but it stinks. I'm sorry if I say this in church. It absolutely sucks. How do you become righteous? Well, let me ask this. Was Hezekiah righteous because he was more disciplined and more hardworking than you? Please say, answer, no. What is righteous? What is righteousness? Righteousness in Hezekiah works in the same way as him, as in us today. Hezekiah walked with God, was faithful, lived in obedience to God. He revealed his devotion to the Lord by faith, And what does God always give to humble, devoted, faith-filled followers? He gives them this grace and this gift of righteousness. Jason, are you making that up? Well, let's look at Romans 5.17. Not in Korean, unless you're Korean. But here it is. Let me read it. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man... How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? What does righteousness come from? It is a gift that we receive when we put our lives fully in Jesus Christ. Righteousness is a gift from God, not your performance. Righteous people can pray to God ultimately because of God's grace. Sinners can have hope then because we just read God doesn't listen to sinners. So how can sinners be heard when they pray to God? They repent and turn in mercy and humility to Jesus Christ and say, make me righteous. And as God transforms us, We are heard. Love of God is unconditional. Thanks be to God. Prayers are conditional. It is a walk with the Lord. Last note, just think about this. What kind of God is this? Um, God says this. God's weird. Youth group kids, God's weird. Adults, God's really weird. So Hezekiah prays and God says, Isaiah, I got news. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, I will add 15 years to your life. Church, I'm just curious. What do you think? Why 15 years? Why not 30 years? If I was Hezekiah, I'm like, hey, <laughs> thank you. I, can you make it 25? I want to get my AARP. I want to get my discount. I want to I I see Grand Canyon. I don't know. But God added 15. It wasn't 10 years. It wasn't five years. It wasn't one more year. I think the point of this is this. You ready for this? It is not... The number is really, in God's wisdom, he had a plan, but I think the point of it is, God gave him a random number because he can. In other words, when you woke up this morning, did you thank God for another day you get to live? Just take a moment to do that by yourself. Say, God, I got to live another day by your grace. Thank you, because your life and my life It's not dictated by your blood pressure, cholesterol, your doctor. It is dictated ultimately life and death by the sovereign king of kings, or Lord of lords. Church said, amen. How does that make you feel? It humbles us. How does that make you feel in worship? It makes us glorify God. How does that make you perspective? Do you control your life? Humble thyself in the eyes of the Lord and he will lift you up. The God we pray to owe us anything. Can you say that with me? The God we pray to does not owe me anything. He's already given us his son, Jesus Christ. So this incredible God responds to righteous people. So this message in the end is not about how to pray. It is the condition of your heart as you pray may you be humble may you seek devotedly to the Lord and as you do that God gives you the gift of righteousness as you turn from sin and turn to Jesus Christ and he gives you righteousness and that richness grows and you walk with the Lord hear his voice and you pray we learned a lot about how to pray I want us to be a church that sends seven days a week, 24 hours a day, in the posture of humility before a God who doesn't owe us anything. And yet, He is so generous. Don't just pray. Worship our God. Let's pray. God, this church, we've been arrogant. We've been boastful. Every single one of us in this room, is, it's just a degree of how self-righteous we've been. It's not that we've been or we haven't. We have been self-righteous, God. And God, we, we come before you just on our knees even just to say, God, forgive us for being so presumptuous as to think we could run church and live our lives calculating and just manipulating you to fit in our mold rather than us fitting into your dreams. God, we've been learning about praying to you, God. And as a pastor starting with me, I think I've been focused so much on the technical things that I forgot my heart. I, I struggle to pray the prayer that Hezekiah prayed, that I was faithful to you, that my heart has been whole and not divided, and that I've been walking with you. So in this moment, as we're about to take this sacrament, God, would you restore us by your grace? We humbly pray that you would start in our hearts, in our thoughts, in our presumptions and assumptions that you would make us a holy people living out this holiness in Jesus Christ with enthusiasm, with passion, fervor, and with worship. You deserve everything, God not just 1%, not even a tithe. You deserve it all. Help us to approach you. With the righteousness that's given to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is in his name we pray. Amen.